0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the problems in the church today is that we have grown word-weary. Word-weary. The written word seems to be a dying breed these days. Instead of opinion pieces, we want our opinions in 128 characters or less. Instead of reading news articles, we tend to read the news headlines. And many churches seem to think that glitzy technology and entertainment that's what you need if you're going to be able to reach people when i was first looking into becoming lutheran i sat down to chat with the local pastor in the city one pastor told me that on occasion he wouldn't read or preach at all no on occasion instead of traditional proclamation He would casually chat, grab a bar stool, sit down on it, and chat and share with the folks in church. Needless to say I didn't go to that church. Why? Because the noise of this world has dulled our ears. We want, we've become complacent and bored even. We want to be entertained, amused, inspired. We really don't want to be told that we were wrong. We don't want to be challenged. We seek relevance and meaning for our lives, and some of that stuff is well and good. But the competing voices uh, that we find in the media are loud and very assertive. That's why the readings today are important. Today is sometimes called the Sunday of the Word of God, since both the Old Testament and the Gospel reading deal with the reading and preaching of God's Word. Our readings stress the fundamental importance that God's Word must have in our lives of faith. In the first reading... In Jerusalem, at the water Gate, during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, the people were gathered together as one man. They were packed tightly together. They were demanding to hear the law of Moses. Men, women, children, all stood and listened for six hours. From early morning to noon, they heard words that they hadn't heard in a generation. He stood at the water gate in Jerusalem and listened to Ezra read the Torah. And it was not simple reading either. He also preached. He gave the sense. He explained it so that the people could understand the reading. Note, no padded pews, no air conditioning or climate control, no roof over their heads. They stood there and listened for six hours. The assembly of Judah wasn't glancing at their watches. They weren't nodding off. They weren't wearing bored expressions on their faces. They weren't mad because the sermon had gone long and they missed their brunch appointment. The people were glad to assemble and hear the reading and preaching of God's Word on a holy day. It was also a holy day in Nazareth. Jesus' hometown, the place where he grew up. Jesus went to the synagogue. The local boy made good and went home to his home congregation. And the place was just as packed as you'd expect it to be. Everyone wanted to hear from Jesus, and the attendant handed Jesus the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and Jesus looked for a particular passage, and he read it out loud to the people. And after he was finished reading, he stopped and he handed the scroll back to the attendant and he sat down to preach. The place was silent. All the eyes were fixed on him. And what happened next? Jesus preached. Today, this scripture, that very passage in Isaiah, was filled in your hearing. Jesus explained that the prophecy that he had just read to them was fulfilled right then, that very day. The people of Nazareth gathered to hear the reading and preaching of God's Word on a holy day. In fact, our text says that it was Jesus' custom to do that. The reading and hearing of God's Word were central for Jesus' And for the people of Nazareth, and for the people in Judah. Now that raises some very crucial questions. What is the center and the core of your life, of your family? What's the most necessary thing that you do every week, every day? It's hearing and reading. And learning God's Word, the Holy Bible. It's vital to your very identity. So, listen to what Philip Melanchthon wrote in our Augsburg Confession. Listen, the church is the assembly of saints in which the gospel is taught purely and the sacraments administered rightly. What is the church? The church is the assembly, the gathering together of saints. Did you notice it in the text, too? And Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly. Same Greek word. It's the church. The church is the assembly, the gathering together of God's people. This is what God's people do. They assemble, they gather together physically to hear the reading and preaching of God's Word. If someone were to look at your life, is that one of the things that would characterize your life? Would you be remembered as someone who gave God's Word first place in your life? A Christian does not look at the clock and say, is it time to go yet? A Christian says, couldn't we have more? Keep on preaching. Keep on reading. Give me more of that stuff. I want more. Often you'll hear people talking about, Christians, you just need to be the church. What does it mean to be the church? To be the church is to assemble together and hear the reading and preaching of God's Word. Brothers and sisters, we genuinely need to work on this in this congregation. We do. Many people in our congregation don't assemble regularly. We have nearly 300 souls in our care, of whom 20 20 out of 300 come to Bible class or listen online after. 20 out of 300. That's shameful. That's disgraceful and it's sinful. You should be ashamed of yourselves. There's 300 souls in this church. And only about 120 of you come to church in a six-month period. I understand COVID. I get it. But the principle still applies. What in the world could be more necessary than hearing and learning the Word of God? Do you not believe that it's the Word of God? Do you believe that it has the power to change your life? If you did, then why aren't you here? Regularly. Why aren't you reading your Bible every day? You can spend half a dozen hours watching TV or flipping through Facebook, but you can't spend 20 minutes a day reading your Bible? Come on. And don't think, oh, this is only me. No, this is a problem in North America. We don't know our Bible. One pastor in our circuit told me that his confirmation class didn't even know their Bible stories. He had to add an extra year to his confirmation course just to teach them the Bible stories, which they should have learned. Reading, hearing, learning God's Word is who we are. It defines us as Christians. It identifies what the church is. The casual attitude that we find in some of you just will not cut it. But look for, And look with me for a moment at the two different responses to the Word of God that you see in Judah and in Nazareth. First, Judah. When Ezra opened the book, what happened? The people, they stood up. <laughs> and then he blessed the Lord, and the people said, Amen, Amen. And then they bowed down and praised God. Do you recognize that? Do you? Don't we do that? I grab the gospel book. (laughs) And what do you do? You stand up. and We bless the Lord. And I read it. Some churches will actually pick up the book and carry it down in the front of the congregation. So we recognize these ceremonies. This is where they come from. So the people hold God's word sacred. They revere it. They bowed before it because it's the very words of God. And far from being a happy experience, these words cause the people to burst into tears. What's going on with that? When they hear the commandments of the law of Moses read, the people weep because they're not keeping some of them. They recognized how sinful they were. And how gracious the Lord was. So, because they have repentant hearts, what does Ezra tell them to do? He tells them to stop weeping. He tells them that this is not a day for weeping. This is a day for rejoicing. This is a a day of feasting on fat and drinking sweet wines and sharing food with your neighbor. It was a day of rejoicing. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Those returning exiles, they were eager and glad to hear God's word. They held it sacred. They were grieved at the sins that they had committed. They sought God's forgiveness. That is hearing God's word with faith and repentance. That is responding correctly. Now, just after... The portion where our Old Testament reading ends, our Gospel reading ends, we find the opposite reaction in Nazareth. Do you remember the story? Jesus' preaching filled them not with faith, but with anger. They didn't want to hear what he was preaching to them, they wanted to get rid of him, they wanted to shut him up. They didn't want to hear it, and so they rose and drove Jesus out of town and tried to push him off a cliff. That's the wrong reaction to the Word of God. I think it goes without saying. See, there are only two responses, only two responses to God's Word either repentance or rejection. You can hear God's Word, and you can rejoice at the mercy of God who has forgiven your sins. Or you can deny the word, despise the goodness of God, and, you want, and want to silence it. The third commandment remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and God's word, but hold it sacred, gladly hear and learn it. Who wrote those words? Martin Luther, right? That's your small catechism. Do you gladly hear and learn God's Word? Gladly. Do you hold it sacred? When God's law smacks you between the eyes, do you repent? Or do you you get angry at the preacher? There is sin that clings to each of us. It clings to us. That part of you that's still sinful, that part of you hates God's Word. It wants it to be silent. It wants me to shut up. There are times when we are slow to get up on Sunday morning, not because of our aches and pains, but because we don't want to go. Right? We've all been there. Sometimes we look for any excuse to stay away from our Bibles. We just want to get on with our day. That's the remnants of sin in you. There is evil in us that hates God's Word. And that means, at times, we have to force ourselves to treat our bodies as our slaves and make ourselves hear it. Yet, part of you is willing even eager to stand at the water gate for hours and hours and hear God's Word and the life in it. That's the new life that's been given to you in holy baptism. And so you, meet, so you see, we have both the old and the new. We are both sinners and saints at the same time. And so there's a conflict in us. It's going to be an effort to get to church. It's going to be a fight to pay attention. It's going to be a battle to, against boredom and complacency. It's going to be a struggle to open and read your Bible. You're going to have to force yourself to go to that Bible study that you don't really want to go to and you can't see the practical benefit of. We must fight against all the ways that we are inclined to despise preaching in God's Word and treat Jesus as something optional or secondary. Repent of that! And instead, hear and learn the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came to set you free from your old sinful nature. Jesus came to proclaim to you the year of the Lord's favor. God is not angry with you. He has good things for you. Jesus came to proclaim liberty, your freedom, your old bondage to slavery and slavery to sin is over. Your sins have been forgiven. You stand forgiven because you stand justified before God. Because Jesus died for you, you also have been given a new life in holy baptism. You have been given the freedom to live. The Holy Spirit is yours, enabling you to begin to do what God wants. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, we live in an imperfect world, and we will often miss the mark. But the core message of the Bible is that Christ forgives you. He loves you. He embraces you with an everlasting love. He remains at the center of your lives. He remains your loving and forgiving Savior, even when we behave and act and think wrongly. So, go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet wine. Send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R E V F E N -N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.